world where difference is so celebrated and the mass majority of us love being different, why wouldn't you just put your differences out there? That's what makes you you. Hello and welcome to The Mental Game of Musical Theater. I'm your host, David Eggers. Let's get started. Hey, thanks for joining us for part two of the conversation with Jackie Arnold. We really dig deep and get into it in this part. And I want to warn you that at one point, Jackie even talks about an eating disorder that she had when she was a teenager. First, we'll pick it back up with Jackie talking about staying with Moulin Rouge for as long as she has. Thanks for being here. And then there, of course, is pay scale. And if you really want to break it down, to be perfectly honest, I've been in it for so long. I make a really decent living. And if I were to leave to take another featured ensemble track, it's going to be not as much money. Yeah. And I, I love my lifestyle. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm not willing to give that up either. Now, granted, Broadway minimum is not terrible, especially if you live a certain way. You can live really well on a Broadway minimum. I've just been there too long to just up and see it dissipate. But ideally, it's never the same twice, y'all. It really isn't. Every audience is seeing a fresh show. The structure, of course, is the same. The That's intentions right. are the same. But the way we get there can be different on the daily. Some people yeah. might disagree with me, though. No, I totally agree. I, I found that to be true as well. We're telling the same story every single time we go out on stage. But within the, those parameters, the room in which things can feel different or come across differently or you have a different experience seems vast. Right. Even though we're all working within the, the parameter of what that show is. I totally agree. I think you said it really well. I um, feel like you're, I could talk to you all day. You're good. Um, I know. I'm long-winded too, so just cut me oh, off. But I, lo I love it. I love <laughs> it. Okay, so related to Moulin Rouge, you, you are happy where you're at, but is there a part of you at all that's wondering what's next? Sure. Uh, Obviously, I, at this point in my career, see myself as playing a principal if I'm going to continue doing theater. Right. In television and film, I don't have much of a resume there. I've got a few commercials and a few spots here and there. So I'll take what I can get. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. the way you play the game. In, on, in theater, I would love to be a principal. I mean, am I exhausted? Yes. <laughs> Running around that stage some days is not conducive when you're almost half a century years old. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you're just like, woo! But um, yeah, I, of course... Would love a prayer. I was just up for this really cool project. I really can't tell you the name of it. I was really, really close and it felt really good, especially now post pandemic auditioning. It felt mm -hmm. so good to be in the room and get immediate feedback and understanding and response and even some direction to talk to live people. We're still trying to navigate that, like what this life is after pandemic auditioning. Yeah. The first one I went on, I had never been that nervous in my life, David. I was in there like, okay. I mean, I've never even taken anything to calm my nerves because I don't normally have nerves. And I was like, does anybody want to give me a beta blocker? Like anybody in this <laughs> <laughs> And I don't even know what that would have done to me. You know what I mean? I could have gone in yeah. there half asleep. Who knows? But <laughs> I, I don't even really know what they do. I'm sorry. But I was just kind of like, I know people take them for nerves. And today... <laughs> I'm not a sweater and I'm like drenched. I'm like, what oh is gosh. going on? That was terrible. It felt <laughs> terrible to be that nervous. I knew I was really nervous. This might be TMI for people, but when I knew I had to use the bathroom a lot. 
Mm. Like I just, mm-hmm. I needed to just number one it, like every five minutes. <laughs> that happens like, to me too. Nothing. That's so funny. What is, what is wrong with me? But that's how my <laughs> nerves manifested, right? And then uh-huh. I get in there and just do what I do, and then leave. I always want to leave quickly. Like, okay. <laughs> get me, me out of here. Me in an audition, I'm like, okay, great. Hi, bye, gotta go, you know. Or you ask me a question and I'm talking for a thousand years and I'm like, in my mind, I'm going, you need to shut up. You answer the question. Just go on and say thank you and leave the room already. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, funny. I can be such a weirdo sometimes in those situations, but. Why do you think you uh, got more nervous recently at that at that audition you were describing? Because we hadn't been in front of That's people. why, it's just been that long? Yeah, like self-tapes. I gratefully have a partner that is like, your first take has always been the best one, Jackie, so stop doing them. So that's that's a plus in my mm-hmm. corner. But when you get used to just you, we're different alone. That's just yeah, nature. Yeah. And you do all these self tapes. You're like, yeah, I could pop it out, whatever. I do the thing, and you have no qualms. And then you get out in there, and you see people looking back mm. at you. All you want to know is what do they think? On a self tape, you send it over. You're like, it's out of my hands. There's nothing I can do about it now. Right. But I was like, hi, shoot, I haven't seen you people in forever. <laughs> and then it was also kind of weird on a tape line. You couldn't come too close because we were still respecting the six foot difference. Uh-huh. So they're all in masks. Oh God. I'm the only one not masked. So you're kind of conscious and careful of how much saliva you're uh, spewing everywhere. Uh, and it was just a lot, that is a lot on your mind. Yeah. It was a lot. That is a lot. It's gotten better. I will say that. Good. Because now no one's a mask. Like you, it's back to previous. You, yeah. You have like a better rapport with people, and everyone's a little more comfortable. We weren't comfortable with each other when it came back. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a job. It sounds like it went really well, and it almost worked out. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't work out. How do you handle the rejection when it isn't when it's not your turn, or when it goes to somebody else? Like, what do you? How do you get through that? This one was particularly. I won't say difficult, but it was particularly thought provoking because after a while you start to know everybody in your category. And it was between me and one other woman to my knowledge. And we're really good friends. Rarely does this happen for your listeners where they audition way far in advance. It just finished. Like it had a little reading the second through the sixth, but this was a month and a half, two months ago. So we thought, oh, they'll be, they'll let us know later. So we didn't press it. And when I found out it wasn't me, I, at that point, I had had several weeks to kind of release the fact that nothing was said, but I was still secretly holding on to the fact that nothing was said. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No news, good news kind of thing. So we inquire and find out it wasn't me. And I was like, I get it. No worries. Because the other woman, she's already got leading roles on Broadway on her resume. Okay. I have leading roles, but they're all tours. That sometimes makes a difference for people. She had multiples under her under her belt, and I thought, oh, of course, that makes sense. But then here's your kicker: we see each other at an event, and both of us go to say congratulations to the other one, uh-uh. which meant neither of us got it. Oh my gosh, what happened? And we were like, wait what? If you didn't get it and I didn't get it, who got it? Because I was also friends with the reader in the room who then was like, it is down to the two of you. Yeah. Then we find out that a third girlfriend of ours is who ended up getting it. She is a television person. Oh. And right now what we're dealing with 
is due to all the striking, a lot of Hollywood is coming to Broadway. Mm -hmm. So we find out that it's a good friend that I actually did rent with. She was a star on a television show. Wow. That is currently on television. So... Of course, producers see that, and that fits the bill in a way of, oh, they come with a fan base. Right. The kicker is, she never auditioned in person. It was all self-tape. Ah, oh, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was busy filming her show. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a part of me that understands that, because when that's me on a television show, I want to be offered just roles, too. Right. So there's, it's a catch-22. You can't really be that mad about it, mm -hmm. but you kind of are. Yeah, yeah. What I love about the way you're, you're explaining that, too, is that none of this is personal to you or your talent. No, no, it's not. I used to say I fell into this business and I can fall out. Mm. I don't say that anymore because I've put a lot of effort, time, money, patience, Heck yeah. mental capacity, and emotions in this business. Mm -hmm. But what I meant by that was I don't take any of it personally. I'm just not the brand you want to buy today. I love that. It's like going in the grocery store. It's 900 brands of ketchup. <laughs> Just tell me the one with the stuff that I want in it. And for some reason, I may not be that person for you today. And that's really okay. I also am not chasing the Tony Award. Yeah. I never have been that person. I just don't want to sit behind a computer screen or sell clothes. Mm -hmm. I want to keep doing what makes me happy, what makes me feel vivacious and young and youthful and sprightly and that's what theater does for me i'm not interested in i'm working toward this goal for the tony and i'm not saying that's a bad thing for people goals are amazing but for my personal life and my personal mental because i think i would drive myself crazy if i was searching for that yeah i would have probably walked away from it a long time ago mm. but i still have a really good time every day love it can we talk a little bit about something that I know is really important to you because I have seen some of your social media, I've seen some other interviews with you, and I think we should talk about it at least a little bit, which is body positivity. I'm in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Look, you, them girls are getting flipped upside down, thrown, tossed, people, we tossing people across the stage like in a catapult, like a slingshot, it's crazy. <laughs> I am not... <laughs> the smallest human being you'll ever meet. I'm also not the biggest human being you'll ever meet. Because guess what? None of it matters. That's right. I'm 5'10". I wear a size 14. I'm a multicultural woman who identifies and presents as a black woman primarily. I'm queer. I'm married to a woman. I live Jackie Arnold's life as much as I possibly can. And the one good thing my mom ever told me was since I was a four-year-old, she would say, Jackie, be Jackie. And when you're four, be four. When you're 10, be 10. Quit trying to be something you're not is the bottom line. Mm. And we don't wear clothes. You know what I mean? I mean, we wear a lot of clothes to look like we don't wear clothes <laughs> in the show. In the show. You know, we wear like three pair of tights and what have you. <laughs> but we're, I'm just out there in a corset and some high cut panties, uh -huh. essentially, uh -huh. and boots. Uh -huh. And quite frankly, I stopped wearing the, the skin color tights because... One, it was just another waistband gone and it felt better. You could breathe. <laughs> but two, you know, when you're doing the dance and you're like in a position, I like the way my thighs feel when they move. Mm -hmm. And I'm not about stopping that for anyone. If, if my physical makes you uncomfortable, then perhaps you need to consider what your mental is saying. Amen. 
I don't, I don't have that for people. Yeah. And I implore young women, especially, or anyone for that matter, young people, when they come to the show, they look at me and they're like, you, it feels so good to be represented up there. And this is across color lines. And quite frankly, age brackets. At first I was like, I don't know what you mean. They're like, well, you're not like typical dancer size. And I was like, who said there was a typical dancer size? That's a really old school, very um, balletic sort of way of thinking. Yeah. Obviously people need to be lifted in ballet. So you have to have the sizing correct, right? Sure. It's just different. And we live in a world where difference is so celebrated and the mass majority of us love being different. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just put your differences out there? That's what makes you you. That's right. So well said. Thanks. Yeah. Well, you're a tremendous talent and you being you and being able to be on that stage and and all of your glory exactly as you are i think it matters i think it does matter to people you know and let me say this i don't want your listeners to think i'm just this guru i'm not saying that to be very frank and very 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 clear this was a very long journey to get here at from ages 13 to 16 I was severely bulimic, hmm. trying to fit into the dance world. At 15, I was already five, nine and a half, and I only wore a size five. And I still didn't think I was thin enough to be a dancer. I actually did permanent damage by throwing up to one of my vocal cords. My left vocal cord is substantially smaller than my right one. Really? due to acid reflux and burning it. Because I'm a singer, you know, you can open your throat really wide. So I was never a finger down the throat or anything. Like we would all go after school to get lunch before rehearsal. And I would just run back as fast as I could until you start heaving and you throw up and that's how I masked it. And then I kind of got into laxatives for a little bit there, thinking I was just trying to be clean and eat cleanly and do all these things, but it's a very tricky subject matter for me still. I don't think it's something that it's kind of like alcoholism for me in a way where you're never not an alcoholic, hmm. right? Mm -hmm. According to AA, you always have these thoughts. So for me, even extra working out, I have to be careful with it because it can flip a switch so very quickly that puts me in a really negative space. Now I eat well and I eat accordingly to my job, like I can't go eating a bunch of salads between shows because let's talk about it. That comes flying out of your body and that's really uncomfortable and bloating. Yeah. So I primarily eat, you know, like a protein and a grain and that will sustain me for the show. And then when I come home, I eat all of my vegetables mm -hmm. kind of thing. But I've had to become a little bit regimented in that regard. I don't mean to flippantly say you're you, make them accept you. I came on a really long journey for this and that is not to be dealt with or looked at sideways or with any kind of feathered touch in any way. The, the struggle is very difficult and it rears its head at moments you would never ever think. Hmm. It's just, it's a, you have to get into the habit of loving you for you as you are and surrounding yourself with people that love you for you as you are. That's, that's habitual. That's the only way you get past that kind of thing is through habit of being good to you. I love that. Well, you can count me among the people who love you as you are. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs>
Hey, this is David popping in here to let you know I'm also working on a book all about the mental game of musical theater, and I'd love for you to check it out. Head over to profeggers.com. That's P-R-O-F-E-G-G-E-R-S.com for information and to be one of the first to get your hands on this book. It's going to help you as you prepare for, pursue, and build your career in musical theater. I appreciate you checking it out, and I appreciate you being here. So let's get back to the episode. We talked about this briefly before we got started, and we are on the same page in that I'm working in a university and very anxious to serve more and more of the global majority. I know that mm-hmm. there are a lot of kids coming through musical theater programs who are part of the global majority and looking for representation. They're looking for um, more opportunities to get on stage. They're looking for Broadway I feel like it's changing. I hope that I, that it is sustainably changing and that it is, you know, change for good, um, sure. you know, so that we see more of a reflection of the real world on our stages in New York. One thing you mentioned was that your wife has an agency. Can you tell me a little, can yes. you share a little bit about that? Um, my wife and her best friend, her best friend is Jenny Lacobe and she used to work for Block L.A., and during the pandemic, she decided to move back to the East Coast. And so somewhere in there, they decided we should make a talent agency because my wife had been watching me kind of struggle in a way, understanding how I really wanted to be represented and how the business sees me are very different things. Mm. And so the two of them decided to start a talent agency, which is MMV Talent stands for more meaningful voices i mean it originated as their friendship started in 2005 and that's when what the mmv in roman numerals really stands for gotcha um but we like more meaningful voices talent agency as well right Um, yeah so they decided to open an agency that serviced the global majority queer everybody who's not seen Mm-hmm. underheard and underrepresented people. Mm-hmm. It's a boutique agency, so you're never overlooked because of too many people. Right. Um, instead, there may only be one of you at the agency or possibly two to three at most. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do everything, primarily theater, but they do commercial and some film and print. Awesome. So it's been really good, and it's been really cool to see it all from that end as well, because as actors... We don't really get to see that. We don't know how hard agents actually are working for us every day. Like the amount of submissions that she has to do and what she has to do to do the submissions. You know, you have to go back, you have to look at your entire spreadsheet of your entire client list and see who would be right for this. I mean, they are working y'all. So don't be chintzing out on your agents like that. They, they work for no money until you get a job. That's right. They work on faith and their faith is in you, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Awesome. You, you mentioned one thing that I thought maybe we should look, we should spend a second on, which is the, the difference between how you see yourself and the career that you aspire to and how the industry might see you. Can you mm-hmm. elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. I think the industry sees me as a powerful singer, black woman, whom they normally think reads much older right that's been my everything i i can recall going in for hairspray and them saying to me can you dress like your mom mm-hmm. 
like dress older for a callback. Why is that? So that they could see me because they wanted to see me as a motor mouth cover. But in my regular person, I read too young, even though I was the appropriate age. Right. I just mentioned Madame Marble. That call came out and it was 40s to 50s. David, I will be 50 in December. Oh, I love and that. And they wrote back and said, uh, Jackie's too young for this. Oh, man. As vast as the spectrum can be, it can also be very pointed, depending. I see myself as, obviously, I can play anybody. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I know that I am, I have mature stature but i can also be really silly so i think i make a great mom to 12 and under you know me with a teenager 16 17 yeah i guess that could work like i've done a lot of commercial work for that kind of age bracket but i also think that we're always trying to confine or, or make ourselves fit into these brackets and I said this earlier, you can't really fit in the bracket if you don't know what the bracket is. Mm. And a lot of times you go into these auditions and they don't even know what the bracket is. Right. They're just trying to figure out if the person makes them feel like the text made them feel. Mm -hmm. That's really what we're working with. So I think I am an actor who really sings very well and moves well, but I'm also a director in my mind because that's my, my next phase I think I want to go into directing because awesome. I just want to be able to help people cultivate something that feels right and feels comfortable for them mm. Mm. oftentimes we don't get that right. oftentimes it's like I really need you to go stand over here and I need it to be said with this intention and you're like but that's not how it reads mm -hmm. what if we try it this way and I, would, I would love to be an open director in that regard and i think most think they are but i do understand you have to bring it in and rein it in but at first we can play yeah yeah you know oh wow awesome keep singing your face off and keep keep <laughs> acting and get those principal roles and live your best life but also it's going to be exciting when you start directing Thank you. Jackie, you are tremendous. Thank you for sharing all of this with us. Let's let's start to wind this down. Um, okay. I want to ask you five rapid fire questions. I'm so nervous. Okay. <laughs> I like to ask everybody these questions. Um, first of all, if you read, what was the last play or book that you read? I'm actually... I'm in two right now. I'm in Carrie Washington's Thicker Than Water. Mm. And, oh man, this other one. Shoot, I can't remember the name of it, but it's total like lesbian romance novel. It's Ooh, funny. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. I will secretly confess that I'm reading a gay romance novel right now. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's yeah, fine. You know. It is just so sweet. Yeah. They're so sweet. Aw, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Question number two. If you listen to musicals, what was the last musical that you listened to? Ooh, David. <laughs> I don't actually listen to many musicals. <laughs> That's fine. No judgment. No and judgment. I listen to songs that, because I still teach privates. You do? Like that's where I'm running off to when we're finished. Awesome. I teach privates on Tuesdays and Thursdays and some Fridays. Um, so I'll listen to songs that they bring in. But what's funny is I think right now in my mind, the last one that I was like, huh, I actually kind of like this song. Funny enough is Michael in the Bathroom. Ah, yeah. From Be More Chill. It's such a good song. It's so well written and it takes 
such a journey of that character. I was like, this is cool. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Do you watch TV? Yes. Okay. What show are you currently hooked on? Um, I just finished and I'm bated breath waiting for the next season of The Other Black Girl. So good. Is it? It's so good. I got to check it out. It takes about three episodes. It's a little bit of a slow burn right there. Okay. But then you're just like, whoa, okay. Awesome. Okay. Next question. Favorite snack food? Oh, God, there's so many. <laughs> I'm a... <laughs> I love potato chips. Mm. But I also, at work, I try to keep things slightly better. So I have beef jerky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... The new um, Nature Valley savory bars, like the cheddar and the everything bagel. Those are my quick snacks if I got to eat something at work. Okay, good. I don't know those bars. I'm going to have to look for those. The last question, it's a little bit more stereotypical, but Mm -hmm. if you could play any role on stage, what would it be? Dude. This question always floors me. <laughs> Sorry. And you probably I hear a lot. Have, I don't have that. But recently, I taped for Madame Morble. Ah. And I had never, I mean, everybody don't kill me, but I'm not the biggest Wicked fan. Like, I'm like, oh, I get it. It's cool. But I'm not like, ah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But of course, they told me I would look too young for it, even though the call was literally my age. And then they <laughs> turned it and they made it 60 to 70. Uh, I was like, oh, you guys want white hair. Got it. Okay. Um, But yeah, I think that would be really, really, really fun to play. And like, she's such a character that her race doesn't matter. It's not based in that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to ignore or take away race. I'm just saying that's a fictitious character that you can just freely create all kinds of things on. So that would be really fun. Or even... I mean, I'd love to be in Hades Town just because they sing in the basement where I want to sing. Mm, you know, mm. that kind of thing. Awesome. I always want to play the men. Do like, you? In my show. Oh, yeah. I'm like, don't you guys want to see the Duchess instead of the Duke? <laughs> uh-huh. Or now I'm on this Ziedler tip. I'm like, wait, I could be Ziedler. I could wear like thigh high boots and make Ziedler like super sexy. Ooh, that's so cool. Yeah. It would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. There are some shows too that will gender flip, you know, and and like explore what that is. Oh, I'd love to see you tackle some, some roles that we typically, typically associate with, uh, yeah with men or whatever yeah all right jackie this has been fantastic thank you so much thank you i appreciate how generous you've been with your time and sharing your experiences and your journey and your philosophies and this has just been tremendous thank you thank you i appreciate it i had a good time awesome good to see your face yours too Hey, thanks for being here today. If you enjoyed this episode at all, please take a moment to leave a review with high marks. You wouldn't believe how much a positive review helps this podcast to reach more people. Then head over to profagers.com to check out my book, all about the mental game of musical theater. And lastly, no matter how you spend the rest of your day, bring enthusiasm to it. You only get this day once, and life keeps getting better and better when you bring enthusiasm to everything that you get to do. Thanks again for spending part of your day with me. Until next time, this is Prof. Eggers signing out.